Welcome to the latest podcast from the Recruitment and Employment Confederation, bringing you the latest updates and insights from the world of recruitment. Well, welcome to this first edition of the REC's podcast. I wish we'd innovated with a podcast in uh, in different times, but uh, this is a way that over the next few weeks that we'll keep you in touch with everything the REC is doing, and we're really keen to make sure that it's a way that we as a recruitment community can get together. That's why we've chosen to do it on open access, and it's also why we will encourage you to interact with the REC on our social media feeds and tell us what you'd like to know about on these podcasts and ask us any questions that you want to cover. To begin with, my name is Neil Carberry, I'm Chief Executive of the REC and I'm joined today in the studio by... My name is Lorraine Lai, I'm the Head of Legal Support at the REC and I'm in charge of the legal helpline for the REC members that have seen a lot of action over the last couple of weeks. Absolutely, and uh, we like always like busy times in the office, but uh, none of us would have chosen them to be in this circumstance. That said, uh, a lot of the reason behind this podcast is we know what a, a resilience sector recruitment is, and we are here by your side throughout this process to try and help in any way we can. I'll talk a little later on about what we're doing with government because I want to focus on some practical steps now, but we know that uh, this is a massive cash flow challenge. We hope that this is a, a situation that's more like 9-11 than maybe the 2008 recession in that it's a short-term bump caused by a major external factor and that recovery is possible. But that means that we need to help you get across to that recovery. So everything we're doing is focusing on protecting recruiter cash flows at the moment. Lots more to come later on that. But we understand the pressure that you're under and we're keen to help in any way you can. As I said earlier, do make sure you let us know what we can do most usefully to help. And of course, check out uh, for REC members the COVID-19 hub on our website. I thought it'd be a good place to start, Lorraine, uh, today by just running through uh, the big issues you're getting on the helpline so that uh, people can uh, hear what's being asked and the advice that you're giving. The top things that uh, we're getting questions about, I think just to, to start with, just people's understanding of statutory sick pay and particularly when it's payable if people are self-isolating. Employers have also been quite concerned about the well-being of their, their employees and how to manage that when they're, they're self-isolating, particularly against the changing um, guidance from uh, government and public health England. And also how to manage in, in this uh, temporary downturn of uh, less, less business coming in. So just, just starting with uh, statutory sick pay, the, um, the position now where people are self-isolating based on the uh, guidance which was issued by Public Health England on the 12th of March is that if they've got even minor symptoms of coronavirus, they should self-isolate for, for seven days. Um, so what's also changed to, to go with that is the rules around statutory sick pay and who's entitled to it. And anyone who is self-isolating on the back of that guidance is entitled to um, statutory sick pay. I think that's caused a bit of confusion. We have been taking uh, quite a few questions around that. It's important to remember that people uh, can self-certify for seven days, and clearly the other guidance has been that people shouldn't be going to GPs to get doctor's certificates. 
attached to that, of course, and of great concern is the cost of, of statutory sick pay. That's a really big hit for business. And that's likely to be moving about a bit with this news about the coronavirus bill, isn't it, Larry? You're quite right, yeah. The, the bill, um, just in quite early this morning, we had information about the bill. So that's the piece of legislation that is going to be brought in to deal with some of the big issues around coronavirus changes. One of the things in there is that uh, people will be entitled to statutory sick pay from the first day rather than the fourth day as it is now. And although we're not likely to see that bill actually come into force till the end of the month, um, that is going to be backdated to the 13th of March. So that's something for employers to to juggle. Um, We're also having to see a bit of clarity in there about the package that um, the Chancellor announced in the budget to refund employers for the the bill for statutory sick pay and that will apply to employers with 250 or fewer employees. We know that that's caused some concern for recruiters. The big question is, will temporary workers be included in that 250 headcount? And that, of course, is a question of which pre-existing definition of of headcount the government chooses. Look, this is something that is right at the top of the REC's agenda when we're talking to government at the moment, and more than anything else, uh, reminding government that what we're dealing with here isn't a recession in the classic sense, but a short-term, large-scale pausing of economic activity. So we've got lots of good businesses in the sector and across the economy that will be really good businesses the other side of this. And what we need to do is build a bridge. So one of the things that we've been pushing really hard for is for government in this unique situation to take on the cost of statutory sick pay for the first 14 days. Having said that, clearly the most important uh, important uh, thing is to make sure that workers are getting access to SSP and, cle- and clearly with uh, revenues down across the sector because, because of this, that requires a higher level of government action and it's, a, a, it's a very close to being uh, top of our list at the moment alongside the kind of access to cash flow support we discussed at the top of the pod. And so I'll just pick up a, another of the top um, topics, um, questions that we, we've been getting. And it's around um, uh, recruiters looking after their, their staff. So how do they manage the well-being of their staff, particularly around this ever-changing um, guidance uh, for individuals around uh, self-isolation? So currently, people are being advised to self-isolate for up to 14 days or households to self-isolate and also people particularly who are in the high risk category, so that's older um, people, people with underlying health conditions, also um, uh, people who are pregnant, they need to be protected. So anyone who shares a home with uh, someone in a high risk uh, category needs to obviously take measures to make sure that they're not potentially putting them at, at risk. So things that have been considered is working from home. We know that previously sometimes this is something that employers find difficult to put into place but I think there's been some real creativity and a drive to look at what technology is available to facilitate people working from home, possibly using um, uh, annual leave for periods that they need to be away from the office and that, that really has been something that employers have been keen to do. I think that's um certainly been my experience talking to uh, recruiters around the country over the the last few days that we're looking for uh, really um, uh, innovative ways to keep people engaged and keep people doing business uh, on the 
on the voice side, one of the things we're pushing really hard for to enable firms to work from home is online uh, right to work checking. Uh, because that's really big, that the face-to-face -face requirements around Section 8 uh, checks and also some checks in particular sectors that I know are hugely challenging. Uh, but what we plan to do as this pod goes on is share some really uh, good innovative stories amongst the industry about what people are doing that works re really well. You know, this week, right at the beginning of, the, uh, of this process, we're very focused on the support for cash flow that, business, that, that your businesses will need going into this. But this pod also has to be about how we help people manage the downturn. And Lorraine and I and other colleagues will pick up on that in due course, not only in terms of the staffing side, but the, the broader well-being the broader well-being agenda, because clearly working from home for a long period is very different to uh, to working in the office. Yeah, I mean, it can be quite isolating, so I think um, having measures in place to keep in touch with staff is, is really important, because working from home for the first time is very, very different. I think it's worth adding to that that we have had um, uh, questions from um, uh, recruiters who supply temporary workers in some instances um, where their temps are able to work from home if clients are happy for them to do so, which means that they can be kept in assignments. And that is certainly a conversation to have with clients with certain type of work. Obviously, it doesn't work in, in all, um, in all uh, sectors, but for the type of office-based work, that, that really is something to, to look at. And I think that that have the conversation advice is probably the single biggest bit of business advice we have for recruiters right now. Uh, I did uh, some small business advice yesterday afternoon on BBC Radio 5 Live and the most important thing is look at where you stand today and have discussions with your business partners and you defined as your suppliers, yes, uh, uh, your clients of course, but also your, your staff about what is the way through together that uh, that we can we we can work uh, work to deliver. You know, the uh, REC will push for all sorts of uh, things that will help around, uh, for instance, deferring PAY and VAT payments to the to to the uh, Treasury. But equally, you can uh, uh, you can be having discussions with clients about what works for them, and where you have that long term client relationship where uh, you're showing care for their business and, and they're engaging with you, perhaps in the very long run there'll be a silver lining to all this of a much uh, stronger relationship in due course. For now though, make sure you're, at, you're having those conver conversations with people and being as open about the challenges uh, as you can be. Yeah, and I think just in terms of that conversation, just something to bear in mind is this is really an unprecedented situation. So things that might not necessarily have been on the table previously, the idea of temporary workers having that flexibility to work from home, these are new times. So it, it is an opportunity to um, look at measures that really wouldn't have existed before. And I, I, I know lots of uh, REC members who are having that conversation about statutory sick pay cover with clients now in different ways and we look forward to sharing some of those stories on uh, on upcoming pods but also via the coronavirus hub on the uh, REC website. Okay, so in terms of other conversations, perhaps some of the conversations which are a little bit more difficult but may need to be had over the, the next uh, couple of weeks is really how to deal with things like a staff wages bill when that revenue just isn't coming in from, um, from clients. And I think it, it's fair to say that a lot of recruiters are very much driving to see 
how they can uh, retain jobs and be ready to pick up business on the other side of this. So whilst there have been conversations about potential redundancies, the real focus is really on um, possibly being able to give people some unpaid sabbaticals at this period of time, um, utilising annual leave um, for, for, for this period of time, or having conversations with staff about possibly reducing hours or pay temporarily, possibly looking at discretionary bonuses to be pushed to later in the year. Um, so I think there's been a real um, effort in, in, in alternative measures um, which will allow jobs to be secured where possible because this is, this is going to be a temporary situation um, and, and there is another side of this um, once the, the, the position obviously has been improved. Yeah, and I think the, um, the lesson here is that for every business you need to get ahead of this um, and think about, well, what would you do over the next four, six, 12 weeks as this develops, if it develops the way that we uh, expect it might, and be, pre and be preparing in your staff comms for, uh, for, uh, for delivery of that kind of message. And of course the options will differ according to whether you're a perm or a temp firm, uh, according to your size and your own capacity. But there's lots of value in exploring some of these options that allow you to bounce back uh, given the, temp the very temporary nature of this kind of pressing pause on the, uh, on the economy. And we'll do all we can to bring you really interesting advice and thinking from across the sector and the best from outside on the pod and elsewhere over the next few weeks. So thank you, Lorraine, for joining us today. Uh, we're going to be, I was going to say seeing more of you, we're hearing more of you uh, over the next uh, few weeks. And as always, the REC uh, legal helpline is available for members and uh, we're uh, retooling it, shall we say, at the, at the moment to make sure it stays online while uh, people can't get to the office. But that's available for members at, at uh, the normal opening hours. From our point of view as an organisation, we're here to help recruiters in the UK succeed, so we'll be by your side throughout all of this as it goes forward. We've talked occasionally through pod today about what we're calling for, and it's very focused on maintaining the capacity of the sector to help Britain grow again once this pause is over. That's about cash, first and foremost, making sure you're in a position to maintain your businesses, and you'll see more from the REC in days to come and making sure we can continue to trade. So over the next few days, we're pushing on, uh, as I said earlier, statutory sick pay costs. We're pushing on uh, digital right to work being allowed. We'll be looking at what we can do to support wage bills by reducing other business costs, as I mentioned earlier, around things like rent and uh, tax bills. These are all things that are within the government's power to do with the uh, so-called big bazooka to keep us on the straight and narrow, and they're the things that will keep the recruitment industry right at the heart of the British economy. We are really keen to make sure that all of our content that we put onto the pod over the next few weeks is driven by you. Obviously, one way to do that is to listen. I always listen to Lorraine. She always listens to you. And we can do that with what we're getting from the helplines. But if you want to get in touch, I tweet at REC Neil. 
you can get in touch on LinkedIn or on Twitter with the REC main feeds. We're very keen to give you the content you want on this feed. And if you want any of the details of what we talked about today, it's all on the REC website at rec.uk.com. Some of it is uh, available on the front page. You can Members can get into the COVID hub to see all of the data and, and the advice that we're offering. And obviously, if anyone wants to discuss access to that who's not a member, these are exceptional times and our team will be very happy to discuss that with you. Thank you very much for your time and attention today. Anne Lorraine, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. For more content like this, visit rec.uk.com.